Well, this morning we finish up a series on hearing God's voice. And I'm excited to finish this series. I feel like God's done a lot of things in teaching us how to hear his voice through the scriptures uh, in all kinds of different ways. uh, It's a conviction of our, our, our church that God wants us to hear his voice and that we can hear his voice. And that when we hear his voice, it is powerful and it's life changing. And it's my conviction that he wants us to hear his voice for others. There's a story, uh, uh, another pastor in a church, something had happened in his church. There was somebody who knew, knew that came. His name was Will Wispy. He was successful. He was a young real estate agent. He was fiercely skeptical of Christianity. Some of you might feel like that this morning. One Sunday, a friend invited him to church, and during that service, someone had a word of knowledge, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit for the church. It's uh, what happens when God, uh, we hear God's voice for other people. It's, it's one way that we can do that. So someone had a word of knowledge that went like this. Here's what the word of knowledge was. There's a man here who's expecting a soft top sports car to be delivered in the next two days. Yes, Lord. He has worked all of his life so hard to achieve success. Work has been his life. He's got the car, the house, the lifestyle, and he's not happy. And God wants him to know that there's something more important for him to focus on. Subsequently, Will wrote back to the church, I couldn't believe it. My new car was the nicest thing I'd bought. It was arriving literally in two days, and I hadn't told anyone. I was earning $100,000 a year. My work was my life. And when I heard that word that night, it was the first time ever in my life that I really prayed. Think about it. When God speaks, when we hear his voice for other people, amazing things happen. This man who was very skeptical of Christianity all of a sudden heard God's voice. Hearing God's voice for others is always good news. I think we need to let that set in our heart for just a moment, because sometimes we think that when God speaks, somebody's going to die. Or our dreams will be crushed. Or our deepest, darkest sins will be revealed publicly. No, when God speaks, it's always good news. John uh, the revelator, revelator, he's the, I just said a word that doesn't exist. He wrote the book of Revelation. He saw a vision, and in that vision, God told him some things. Uh, so John says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, this is not on the screen for you, you just going to have to listen really well. This is Revelation 21, verse 3. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain ever anymore. For the former things have passed away, and he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, this is what Jesus is saying, Behold, I'm making all things new. And when he said that, he also said to John, Write this down, because these words are trustworthy and true. So the last book of the Bible has this man that has this vision. And what does God say? He says, write down, I'm making all things new. Now, raise your hand if you think making all things new is good news. 
I've got some things that I want God to make all new in my life. That's what God does. When God speaks, it's always good news. And this is one of the, the, the biggest things that he can say. I'm making all things new. There's a vineyard pastor. He wrote a book called Scattered Servants. And concerning this verse, he said, God is making all things new right now, not at some distant point in the future. This is the central message of Revelation. It's the idea that God is in the middle of chaos, but he's already breaking through, already transforming communities and cities and individuals. It's a large vision and a huge mystery, but most of all, it's a comprehensive mercy. When God speaks, it's always good news. God isn't just making everyone nice. That wouldn't be good enough news. He's making everything new, and he's inviting everyone to become new. Jesus speaks and says, I'm making all things new. It's, the one, it's one thing to have a vision for your city. It's another thing when God's voice breaks upon you for your city and your neighbors and begins declaring, I am making all things new. Now, I love my neighbors. Raise your hand if you love your neighbors. Coworkers, some of you love your coworkers. Not all of you. We'll work on that. Could you imagine if God were to make all things new for your neighbors? Could you imagine if God would make all things new for your coworkers? Could you imagine if he landed and had words for them that completely transformed their lives? This is what we're talking about today when we say that we can hear God's voice for others. He is making all things new. Now, one of the most powerful examples we have of that comes from Moses, from the book of Exodus. It is on the screen for you. We enter into the story where God has spoken to Moses out of this burning bush. You've heard of the burning bush probably before. And God says to Moses, Moses, you're going to go confront the most powerful political leader in all the world. And you're going to tell him to let people out of slavery to stop all of his construction, to stop all of his work, that all those people, all those slaves that he has to do all the work to build up the grandiose things of Egypt, halt all those things. You're going to go tell him that. So God says to Moses, that's big. Could you imagine if God landed to you today and said, I want you to go tell the President of the United States, Confront him about all these things. Could you imagine? You'd go, yeah, right, God. No, go to him. All the doors will be open. The secret service will all separate. They'll welcome you in. (laughs) Really? This is God and Moses. Go. And when you confront him, tell him that if he doesn't do it, that God's going to hurt him. Hearing God's voice for other people has never been easy. But this is one of the hardest cases in all of existence, I think. And so, of course, Moses has a reply for God that you and I would probably have. Oh, Lord, I am not very good with words. (laughs) I have never been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. So this literal miracle happens where God speaks through this burning bush to Moses, this powerful miracle, and Moses has the guts to say back to God, yeah, but, you know, I'm I'm not really good with this. 
I'm, I'm not really good at this stuff. Yeah. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes the person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Does this sound familiar to you at all? Have you ever felt burdened, probably by God, but you couldn't really sense it out? And you had this thing to say, and you knew you had to confront somebody about it, and you knew it was good for them, and you knew pretty well that it was from God, and you go, yeah, God, but somebody else can say that to them, right? I don't need to be that person, right? You know that there's this life change that's going to happen in them, that needs to happen in them. You know that that's only going to start if God speaks to them and you just go, God, God, will you just speak to them yourself? Just go ahead and and give them a dream or something. I don't want to have to talk to them about this. Sounds like Moses. He continues in verse 13. He pleaded again, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. You think? All right, he said. What about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you now. He'll be delighted to see you. Talk to him. Put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both what to do. Well, now Moses can't get out of it, can he? A lot of times in the scripture, God sends people out two by two. I know when I'm going to pray for people randomly, when I'm going to share uh, Jesus with people, when I'm just by myself, it's like one out of ten that I'll actually go through with it. When I'm with somebody else, I get bold. I don't know what it is. But I'm like, oh, I got backup. Let's go. And so that's what happens here. God has mercy on Moses, gets his brother Aaron involved. But still, hearing God's voice for other people, it's the hardest thing that people have ever done. I would say, especially today, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Shades of Grey or read the book Shades of Grey. I've not. I get the gist about what it's about. There's so many statements from the 60s until now that we don't live in black and white anymore, but we live in shades of grey. But God's never stopped living in black and white. God's always known his best purposes for us. God's always had absolute truth. We go gray when it gets hard. And it does get hard. But God always speaks to us and says, this is the best way that you will have dignity in your life. I know the way. This is the absolute truth. Your life will only be fulfilled in this way. And when we're able to tell people God's truth, there's actually freedom in that. It's actually good news. I want you to imagine your neighbor or your coworker today. Imagine speaking the absolute truth of God over them. Even self-reflectively, you could just say, you know, because of God, I know I'm loved. I know I'm valued. I know I'm valuable. I know I'm beloved. I know I'm safe. I know I'm provided for. I know I'm listened to. I know I have belonging and inheritance. I know I have abundant life. I know I have eternal life. I know I have purpose. I know my life has a promise of fulfillment. 
I know that God has given me power and authority and gifts and anointing and calling and direction and partnership. Because God is alive in my life, I have mission. Because God is alive in my life, I have freedom. Could you imagine speaking this over your neighbor? Could you imagine speaking this good news? This is God's voice for the world. Could you imagine the transformation that could come? Your coworker needs this. Your family needs this. Your friends need this. Your neighbor needs this. When all is said and done, we are welcomed into a completely different reality, an upside-down world where God's voice gets to rule and reign and we get to receive the dignity that we always were meant for. So God introduces this kind of paradigm to Israel through Moses. Moses hears God's voice for his people, and God tells him what to say. This is Exodus 6, 6. He says, therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will free you from your oppression. Come on. Think about your neighbors. Think about your friends. Think about your coworkers. I am the Lord. You don't have to strive anymore. I will free you from your oppression. I will rescue you from your slavery. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who has freed you from your oppression. This paradigm of God's voice bringing freedom, it's become distorted over the years. I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day, and uh, he got married, but his wife is not a follower of Jesus. And he sort of lapsed himself, he would say. He said, I, I know that my wife needs to know the Lord, but I don't know. It just seems like it's too much. There is no greater thing than for God's voice to break through all of our stuff and speak to somebody and speak in a way that offers them freedom. There is nothing greater. Every single person on this planet is trapped in some way to themselves, to an addiction, debt to debt of love many of you have had the glorious gift of being able to have God escort you out of your divorce and bring you redemption from that I know plenty of you, though, that know people have gone through divorce and are still stuck. Could you imagine if they could hear God's voice saying, I'm bringing you freedom today? And we might say, God, I'm just too small. Speak on your behalf. There's this African proverb that says, If you think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. (laughs) 
The, the mosquito makes a difference in an annoying way, but the principle is the same. One person can stop a great injustice. One person can be a voice for truth. One person's kindness can save a life. Each person matters. Jesus' final words on earth were not, now go hunker down, make sure you get your, your stuff intact to stay safe, build good walls. I want you to make sure that your Christian community needs to stay safe. Get with others and just stay quiet. No, it's not what he said. And he was living under the oppression of Rome. And he knew his disciples were living under the oppression of Rome. So when they said that Jesus is Lord, they would be killed. Did you know that the name of Jesus, that his freedom moves faster, grows bigger, is more catalytic in this world when there's oppression on the church? So if you're not feeling oppression, it might help you to feel some. It might help you to get a little uncomfortable because that's where the miracles are happening in this world. When we lay down and we surrender the way that we're perceived for the sake of God being lifted up, when we lay down how uncomfortable it is and we're ready to get fired and we're ready for the neighbors to look at us weird and we're ready for the family members not to want to talk to us about some things anymore because they know we're going to bring up God and what he can do. We've got to be ready for that. But we're ready for that because there's nothing more powerful in all of the universe than Jesus freeing people from their oppression. There's nothing more powerful than the Holy Spirit coming into somebody's life and hell having to evacuate the body. People freed from addiction. People feeling love that they've never felt before, ever. I feel like there's some of you that are feeling that right now. Hearing God's voice for others is Jesus's great commission. And it's always good news. Each of the Gospels pick this up. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go teach these disciples, teach and make disciples and teach people to obey the commands I've given you. Share my voice with others. Mark sixteen fifteen, And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and be baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses will be condemned. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe, who enter that risk. They'll cast out demons. The hell will leave people's bodies. And they'll speak in new languages. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And no danger will be hurting them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick. And they'll be healed. This is God's promise for you when you risk. Luke twenty four forty When I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses. Then he opened their minds to hear and understand the scriptures. This is part of God's voice. And he said it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed. God's voice would be heard and proclaimed in the authority of the name of Jesus to all the nations. You are witnesses to these things, he told them. Witnesses, like being on the scene of a car crash. You're witnesses to these things. Except it's a blessing. John twenty twenty one. he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. 
Acts 1-7, he replied, The Father alone has the authority and the dates and times. It's not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. This is the grand ending of Jesus' life. This is the last thing that he said. This is the culmination of... This is what He wants for us. This is what He's giving us. It is our mission to hear God's voice for others. God's voice through us can become the biggest catalyst for transformation and mission in the lives of those who will listen. We have to admit, though, that sometimes we're not willing. And we're not willing because we're scared But that scared, that fear comes from a lie. And some of those lies sound like this. I don't know. Was it him that really changed my life? Or did I just get a new workout plan? Is it really? I mean, does God really want me to be uncomfortable? I mean, I still want to be friends with these people. If I share God's voice with them, it's going to make things weird. I mean, every religion is, is about the same. I mean, I guess. Uh, is, this, is this really? I mean, if they're, if, they're, if they're practicing another religion, it's just as good, right? Or this may be the most Western of all responses or lies that we believe. Well, I have a private faith. The very statement, private faith, is an absolute distortion. If Jesus has really been good to you, then that's good news. But like a reporter that gets the story of the century and decides to put it in their drawer... He really doesn't have any good news at all, does he? We were made to share the news that we have living in us. And you might say, I'm not sure what I have living in me. And so I want to give you a practice right now. Carol, would you help me with passing out these pieces of paper? This is the way I'd love for you to respond today. We're all going to do it together and it's going to take five minutes to hear God's voice and to have someone in mind. God's going to have you hear His voice and to be able to give it to somebody else this morning. Karina, would you put up Matthew twenty-eight eighteen up on the screen again? There's a couple of columns on your sheet, and I would love for you to write on them. In the second column, would you write down one sentence that articulates this verse? Just go ahead and write it down right now. One sentence that articulates this scripture. We're going to move pretty fast.
Who still needs a sheet? Who needs a pen? Hands raised over here. Need a pen up here. I want you to digest the scripture for just a moment by writing down one sentence that says it all for you. Keep keep the music down if you would. Now, for those of you who have that sentence, I want you to take the biggest risk that you might have taken ever, and I want you to risk that you can hear God's voice. I don't care where you're coming from, if you say that you're a Christian or not, this is a time when God actually gets to speak to you, because we believe that He does speak. So in that third column, I'd like you to write your name at the top, where it says, what... Are you hearing God say directly? And I want you to take a minute and risk that in this moment and in this place, it's not your own mind speaking. It is God speaking directly to you. What could God be saying directly to you in process of this scripture? Go ahead and write that down in that third column. In the third column, write down, to you, what could God be saying directly to you, starting with your name? And remember, it's going to be good news. So if you start getting weird stuff like, God's telling me that I should throw kittens out the window, that's not God. That's not good news. Just realize that statement's going to be on the internet forever. What could God be saying directly to you? You heard Kate say the word disciple this morning, and some of you may not know what that means. What it means is following Jesus, becoming someone who follows Jesus, surrendering to him, obeying him. And I'm going to invite you to take a step of discipleship this morning. In your fourth column, there's a place that says, if this is true, how is God asking you to respond? What are you doing well? What's one thing that you're going to do this week to respond to God's voice? And write that down. How is God asking you to be obedient this week? How is He asking you to surrender? What are you doing well in your life that responds to this scripture? That responds to what he said directly to you? Now, finally, this is the biggest risk of all. You heard something this morning from God, either through his written word up on the screen, through the way you digested it by writing it down on the page, through hearing his voice directly through the note that he wrote to you, 
or by the act of obedience that he's asked you to. And there's somebody in your life that needs to hear it. Who is one person in your life that in the next 24 to 48 hours, you would say, this is what God said to me. That you would share God's voice with somebody else and write that person's name down there in the fourth column. Now, I say 24 to 48 hours, you're thinking, well, this sounds very religious and sounds very harsh. No, it's just practical. If you don't share it in the next 24 to 48 hours, you're never going to share it. It's gone. Shoot, for some of you, in the next 30 minutes. Now, God has spoken to a couple of people here that were praying for you before the service. And I want to give an opportunity for those words to go up on the screen. Because we have prayer teams that are available for you this morning in this front corner that are ready to welcome Jesus into whatever's going on in your life, emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And specifically, God is coming down to heal. If you need healing, come for prayer. Some of you feel unsettled. Jesus has spiritual peace for you. If this is you, please respond, because this is risk that people would pray into these things and try to hear God's voice for you. Would you just affirm or deny that that's what God said? The prayer teams are getting in place right now. For the rest of you, would you stand with me this morning? And would you receive this blessing? That you would go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, filled with the good news of Jesus, hearing God's voice, for your neighbors, for your co-workers, for your world. That you would be filled with the Holy Spirit to share God's voice with them. That they would be transformed and you would be transformed through it. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.